welcome to the New York Bainters Podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Shragi. Shragi, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. So we're back. I know this episode was a bit delayed. Uh, apologies to the listeners, but we're back. And today we'll be talking about the rumors on Miller. We'll be talking about lineup changes. We'll be talking, you know, just the last couple of weeks, how they've been playing, what they need, etc. Let's get to it. A quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK. That's 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS, you bet, you win. You get paid. BetUS.com. And we're back. Uh, Shragi, how's it going? I am doing pretty good. I mean, uh, getting into an accident and being busy the whole week is not exactly uh, my plan, but yeah. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate how we both got into one, uh, car insurance and all that. So anyways, uh, getting off topic here, uh, regarding the JT Miller rumors, uh, I don't know if you saw or I saw. Um, I saw that, yeah. It does. Uh, obviously, we're going to address that now, but just to put it out there, it just doesn't make sense for the Rangers. Would you agree? Just because, meaning his quality, his, his playing on ice fits the Rangers perfectly. He's physical. Uh, he has skill. He's a left-handed shot, which is perfect on the power play. And right. just he's a playmaker. He could play center or wing, which is perfect for the Rangers. So they could choose whether they want a center or wing just with him. And then that that's it. It's a perfect fit. But the problem is his off ice is so brutal that it's just not worth it. That's the reason why they traded him in the first place in the McDonough deal. Um, so I don't know, understand why it makes sense for the Rangers to pursue him now. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I'll tell you like this. I, I was thinking as soon as I saw this idea, first of all, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a joke at first, um, that people even thought of such a thing. Um, because not because I think it's a bad idea in first thought, I think to myself, JT Miller, former Ranger, um, doing very well, perfect, you know, fit for the technical playing of the team. Um, but, you know, he's done very well this year and his stats are great and the Canucks are probably looking to really get in general a, a higher uh, level of talent on their team, um, basically with all these uh, great teams in their, in, their, in their division and stuff. So, you know, JT Miller would seem like a decent fit for this team and a great fit, actually. Right, because um, like on ice, it On fits. ice, it looks good. But then I was thinking to myself, Jacob, like... You know, we we sent him away, like you said, we sent him away for a certain reason. Why in the world would you bring back a player who you know was a problem? You know, would you bring back a player to your team that might have been the fault for certain uh, losses even? Like, you don't bring someone onto a team, especially with young players. You don't bring a guy in there who has a has a history um the same way the same way as you know you wouldn't just bring in a Ike, uh, not a Eichel um you wouldn't bring in a uh, what's his name uh, Evander Kane into your team because he has a situation coming with him right exactly he makes sense on the ice if, well I don't know him because he doesn't I don't think he plays right wing but yeah no no the, yeah, that's the exact point like just because on the ice like people undervalue like Evander Kane's kind of different because there's a whole stuff that maybe he doesn't deserve another chance but we're talking about JT Miller now who's not you know at that level but right. 
it, yeah, it doesn't make sense on fights because there's a lot of things Jury has done terrible. I think we both agree. But the one thing he has done well is having a winning locker room attitude, like changing the locker room chemistry. That's why he got Reeves. Goudreau is there, obviously overpaid, but still he does his job. He's done a great job with this winning attitude, this winning locker room. And obviously it's, you know, how does it affect on the ice? They have still a bit to go in additions and, you know, have to work stuff out, but they're on the right track. I mean, I don't think right. we both imagined this team being where it is today, a couple of months ago. I mean, what were the, the first episode we had on here that just the goal was, is just make the playoffs. Now, I don't think that's the goal anymore. I think the goal is now do damage in the playoffs. Now this is, well, this is the big question. You know, you, you come to, you come to this point in the season and we're almost pretty much at the half point. Yeah. Pretty and much. when you look at yourself at the half point, you know, you always try to look back on your first half and say, you, you look at the positives, look at the negatives. And, and hopefully in a future episode, we'll actually go through that. Um, you know, they, um, they actually are surprisingly a very good team. And the difference over here at this point in the season is when you're trying to look forward into the second part of the season, you want to really bring out the best of your team. You don't want to mess it up. You don't want to turn your team from being this. Uh, if it ain't fixed, don't broken. Right, exactly. But even more than just that, if it's fixed. I'm sorry. If it ain't broke, wanna, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, totally, don't fix it. Totally flipped that out. All right. If it ain't, well, it probably goes that That's way. That's probably too. Drury's motto. <laughs> yeah, it's probably his motto. But even more than that, if your team is doing you know, this surprisingly well, and you want to make it better. So the question is now, you've tried out a couple pieces, and we've seen a couple of our fantastic young studs turning into looking like pretty good chances of being good players. But on the other hand, those are not answers for now, probably. And the mean? question is, meaning a guy like Braden Schneider, who played very well in his, de- in his debut, is he the future of your team? And you say that Braden Schneider makes us a more chance of a, being a better team. I mean, with I Nemeth think he and solidifies Hayek, that third pairing. I mean, oh, I think it does that too. I'm talking about does that make you the next step? Does that no? Though those are those are role players. Exactly, exactly. But so prospects those- are more different though because they're role players now, but you want them in the end to be core players. That's why it's different for Braden Schneider. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes he's got more of a role than he should. Because it's it's in the long run. But guys like Nemeth, who don't even deserve to be on this team, let alone make $2.5 million on this team. Uh, I, I don't – Libra, Hayek, and Nemeth, we, we've already discussed this. To We've right. already beat this to the ground. That they should, do not belong on this team. Um, and the matter is that Zach Jones got one brought down before even attempting a Jones-Schneider pairing is criminal. But uh, going back to JT Miller, it he, I mean, again, he has two years left, including this year – at what, like five, he has five, $5 million, roughly a little above that, that that's definitely doable with the cap. Like the Rangers are, you know, restrained on cap. It makes sense cap wise. It makes sense on the ice, but the problem is it's so bad off the ice that it's just not worth it. Uh, it I, people might not know this. I, I, we've mentioned this a bunch of times just now that the reason why he was traded is just, he was a locker room cancer. He should not have been there. It was really, really bad. Uh, he was just a jerk, plain and simple. And yeah. the matter of fact is, I, I don't know if he's changed. I don't think you know who he's, he's changed, but, you know. But no one's going to prove pe- to you that he changed. Right. No one's going to tell you. People who that- I've talked to said that he hasn't. Uh, I, they could be wrong. They, could, they, they did say to me in the words, he hasn't, but don't put my word for it because, you know, it's possible. Yes. But again, it just doesn't seem that he has. 
And it just doesn't make sense. Why are you screwing up the locker room chemistry? And people who, who say, oh, he does so much on the ice. You're underrating how much the locker room chemistry matters. Um, it doesn't matter 100%. Again, there has to be a balance. It's not black right. and white. It's, uh, you don't deal in absolutes. You have to work on the locker room chemistry and on the ice. And JT Miller right. is not and something that, that, that they should really, pursue. Right. And that's something that I think we've discussed it at like a small bit. But the locker room presence in a team has such a value. I mean, you, you know, I've said this for, for almost any team that brings in a new player, any new player to their team. If that guy fits your locker room, then you know guys are going to work their hardest to make a good uh, connection and a good uh, right. relationship with that person. If that person comes off as uh, a jerk and somebody who you don't want to work with, it's going to destroy not just the, 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 the players that uh, are on the team, but the entire feeling around the team. And someone like JT Miller, who we're saying is not good for that. But, you know, you look at the Rangers and you think to yourself, well, who are those people? Um, and, and you know what? We have guys like Ryan Reeves and, and uh, Gauthier who have really provided for this team this excitement. I wouldn't say Gauthier, but Reeves is definitely on point. But, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it just, it's so enticing to play on the ice. But again, if someone told me right now, would you take Jason? I would say 100% no. Do not touch that with a 10-foot pole. It's just also, I mean, also thinking is, is that he only has a year left. Although it does make sense. No, it does make sense that he has a year left. So you don't have, you're not restrained with the cap wise. I, I just think there are better options out there. And if there weren't, I don't think it's even worth it to touch this. It's just, it's not worth it. Well, do you think, well, this is the question. I think I mentioned to you um, um, once that, um, do you think that if for the right price, where you're not, let's say, giving up as much as, let's say, you would give up for a, a, for a you know, an Eichel type package, where you know the Canucks see they're not getting anyone, Rangers call up and look, and say, look, here, this is what we're willing to offer. It's it's not that much, but we're willing to offer it. W- what would you say in that sense, where you're not giving up so much, so it's just a good test? I, again, I don't now, care what the offer is. I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole because. The way people I've talked to just discuss how bad it is with him in the locker room, and it's just not worth it. And there are better options out there. It's not. It's not worth it. And to be and like you, you look at Vancouver Canucks fans. They're doing mock trades for JT Miller. Like it's ridiculous. So that's because they, they th- want to get rid of it. That's because they want more talent. They're not doing it because right. No, no. You know, but what I'm saying is what they think they will get familiar. But you're not getting that much. You're you're getting a first and a good prospect maybe and a ready player. Like it's it's not. It's not. It's not going to be that much. It's going to be a good amount, but it's not going to be like an Eichel-like package. He's not Eichel. He's a. He's a top what? Like a top winger, and that's it. With terrible locker room chemistry, that's it. I, I. I'm not saying he's not. He's an amazing player. That's why it's so enticing. But it's just. It's right. not worth it. And I wish we could find. I wish we could find a uh, a player just like him with like a right. Exactly. Player. Oh yeah. I, I mean, every other player, every oh, other yes. team would be all over that then. But no, everyone, I feel like kind of hesitant just because it's that bad. Yeah. And I don't think people realize this, that a team like the Rangers, and and I think we've discussed a little bit of Gallant, but Gallant has really brought this team together. I mean, as a team. Right. Why are you throwing a wrench into it? And I don't think, even if you're going to tell me, well, maybe Gallant could turn him around if he does come. He's not turning him around. If he's gone this long without changing, he ain't turning him around. No, but even, okay, but let's say you say, let's bring him in and make him a thing. Hello, why are you giving more projects to Galante? He's done an excellent thing, an excellent job at this point. Stop trying to bring in more projects for him. 
You want to I be mean, a player who makes this team better, not a team that now you have to work on projects. Oh, so now let's try to make him better. What are we doing with that? That's not what we're trying to do. Right. I hear that, but I mean, I'm just going to disagree with that. But like, no, listen, I get it. It's just that also, I, it's, it's just not the right guy. Listen, I'm not a fan of this whole reunion thing with JT Miller. Um, he's a great player, but it's just not worth it. It's really not. You'd rather use those assets to get someone else. And again, we're not saying locker room chemistry is the only thing that matters. But if there's a guy that has locker room chemistry and it's terrible on the ice, I don't want him. Like Ryan Reese, he's not good on the ice, but he's great locker room presence. I honestly pay him what he is now just to be in the locker room. Honestly, that's how big of an effect he has in the locker room. But don't touch the ice. That, that I'm not saying that locker room chemistry is the only thing that matters. I'm like, come with skill. You have to also come with locker room, good locker room chemistry. It's just, it doesn't work. There has to be a connection in the room. And Miller just throws a giant wrench into it. It's it's not worth it. Goanta's built, like you say, Goanta's built this great winning attitude team. I, what are you doing throwing a wrench into it? Now, obviously, we mentioned Drury has done plenty of mistakes, but one thing he knows is that don't, you know, throw a wrench into this whole thing. Um, right, and I, mentioned to you, and I mentioned to you, like, at the beginning uh, 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 when we started, I mentioned to you, like, we, I think we both said to asked each other, like, so, so you think they could keep this up? And I think I said to you, like, I don't know that, you know, the next month they got to face the Oilers and they listen, they the just Vikings. keep on somehow winning, even though they're five V five. Like I looked up last night, analytically, the New York Rangers do not make sense. The only reason why they're winning, winning is Shesterkin, Fox, and uh, one of either Crowder's like emergence this year. I, I, I mean, it, their five V five is just brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And that's why people are saying get a new top six talent because you need that. And it, I think everyone's in full agreement that you do need that because it's, you can't have this team five V five. Again, everyone says it, it, they can't keep on doing this. They can't keep on, keep on pulling this off. Somehow they are. I don't know well, how, I'll tell you, somehow they you are. Know, I think I told you, I think, I think I mentioned this more than once that, and I, I think I mentioned this last podcast that, to, 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 to Drew Way, I said to him, um, you know, it, I would really be curious if there's a stat out there that tells me how much time they have the puck in their zone and how much puck they, they are in the defensive zone. Because I've found there are there are plenty of those. Those are basic. Right. Stats. Those are right, right, right. But I've looked them up. I want to know percentage, how much percentage they're in each zone. I've tried to find them. I, I I'll just give them. you a sneak peek. It's terrible. It's really terrible. Oh, yeah, the problem- that's, that's really what I feel it needs to be looked at. Right. The problem is this team could be a good transition team, but Gallant, like Drew said, I think last week, that Gallant likes his dump and chase. Keep it simple, dump and chase. I I, I agree. Dump and chase is pretty like it's effective to some extent. You can't. You, Rangers would be such a great transition team. They have passers like Panarin. They have goal scorers like Zibanejad. They have people with speed like Kreider. I, I mean, it's it would be an amazing transition team. I think Gallant. He's not going to change it because that's his role. But if he would. To maybe go in the more uh, go in the transition. I mean, I think they're la- dead last. Step boy Stephen may have said. I think they're dead last and like or close to it. And um, what is it called? Like three on twos or something like that. Like they they don't do those because they just dump and chase. I, I I think that has to change a little bit, and that obviously affects the five v five because maybe it's not just you know how the Rangers play. Maybe it's just Galan's system. Galan's system is made. Where it's you know you're not going to have the greatest stats offensively, but somehow you're going to win. But right, and somehow and somehow I, this this and somehow some way they're top ten in both power play and penalty kill. Right. Oh yeah, they're, 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 they're the best also. team in penalty kill. 
They're the best team or top five? Third. Third best team. Third best team. 85%. Um, 85.6. I mean, yeah, no. Golan style is like, Golan style has an effect on the reason why. Like, when we're saying the worst 5v5, honestly, if Golan would change it up a bit where they are more on the transition rather than dump and chase, I think you'd find those numbers go a lot up. I'm not saying they're going to be the best, and I still think they need a top six edition. But I think the reason why it's so bad is just Gallant's dump and chase. Now I'm not, I'm not questioning Gallant because listen, it's working, but to some extent you got to wonder, Hey, you know, maybe we got to tinker with this a little bit. Right. I'm actually getting like a little bit annoyed with the fact that the Rangers are, I don't think any team could say this. You'll tell me if you think a team could say this, but I don't think there's another team in the NHL that has no idea of where, which moves to do. I think the Rangers are in such a, a unique spot where they have a lot of young talent, but, and they're doing well somehow. But on the other hand, everyone keeps trying to throw at them trades and say, they're a trade away. They're a player away. And it seems like they're so in the middle. Like they, they, they have to go left or right. Yeah, no, it's either like, well, you don't want to stay in the middle for wrong. First of all, the worst position ever to be as a team is to be in the middle. Cause if you're in the bottom, as bad as that it is, you're going to get your high draft picks. You got to get everything set and then you could build. If you're up top, then obviously you're contending. If you're in the middle, you're not getting those draft picks and you ain't contending. I don't, I, I think I'm not worried there yet. I think we're far enough from that. We don't have to discuss this yet, whether the Rangers are a middle team. I don't think they are. I mean, what, they're fifth right now in the league or something like that? But again, they're not, the, the record against the winning teams isn't the greatest. I know they're starting to beat Tampa. I, I, I know they're beating, are starting to beat the good teams now, but. They're not there yet. They're not there to compete with the top teams. Obviously, that's not what we thought they were going to be this year. But hey, if you're getting, if you're already ahead of schedule and you think you can make an addition to make a run, go for it. But don't like, you know, don't stay in the middle. I, I don't know about it. The Rangers don't know what to do. Again, that, that's probably a good point. Like the Rangers are kings of like, let's say I give you this beautiful like wood. And then make make a beautiful birdhouse. The Rangers would like destroy the wood and then make a birdhouse. And then it'd be the ugliest thing in the world. That's what they do because with Jones and Schneider, that's a perfect duo. They have the they have the tools, they have the materials to get it all together. And then they just decide to jump in on the lake, drop drones to the Hartford, and bring up Nemeth or Hayek. It, it's it's criminal. And then let Lafreni and Kako obviously discuss. Listen, it's it's not fully on their part. It is a bit on their part. The organization kind of screws up a lot. I mean, you look know, at Leah Stanton. That, I, th- I saw somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, that the Rangers don't tend to bring up their rookies that quickly. Um, it depends on the rookie. It really depends on the rookie. And um, yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm just trying to think, like, what's the Rangers' brain process? What's, the, what's their thought process? Because like, you know, sometimes you don't agree with them, but you're like, you know what? I see your point here. I don't agree with it, but I see your point. So with the Rangers, it's not like this. It's like, what the hell are you doing? I, I, there's some things that are just mind boggling. But they don't even bring out, it's, but they're not even bringing out. Zach Jones is NHL ready. Yeah, exactly. Why are they so, putting Hayek or Nemeth on the third pair? It makes no sense. Well, they're paying them the money. Does it, who cares? Then ship them out. You want to send a second okay, round pick to Arizona to take them Nobody out. wants them. Okay, fine, but I'd rather honestly be uh, have Nemeth on the bench because he's more positive off the ice than he is on the ice. Okay, he's that so now, bad. So we know that 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 Nemeth is bad. We know that high. But listen, is bad. if Nemeth was our only option and we didn't have Jones here, I'm like, okay, fine. Listen, you got to make the best of it. Maybe get an addition. Fine. But if we've you been have, winning games with him on the ice. That, you could say that. Nah, you you could say that about. Um, 
Greg McKeg. Okay, I don't think you want Greg McKeg in your lineup. Look, do you, if I want to look at why they've given up goals and why they have had the other team has had chances, I'll say to you right now, Nemeth and Hayek is a lot of that at fault. And oh, they caused a very big hole in this team. And teams are not dumb. They go right at it. They see Nemeth or Hayek on the thing. They go, they brought Nemeth right and They brought Nemeth and Tenorti for the LA Kings, the one of the fastest teams in the league. And they're wondering, huh, why are we getting wrecked in this game? Well, Dadoy, you, you just brought the two slowest people in the world to skate against one of the fastest teams. I, it, obviously, there was COVID issues, but they had other options. And when you have a guy like Jones, you know, what the heck are you doing? It makes right. no sense. And, and hey, if you're saying hey, it's not going to work out, at least try it. Give it a try. If it doesn't work, fine. Go back to Namath. But the fact that you haven't given it a try is just, it, it's. Well, now that we know that, you know, we have a Zach Jones. And now that you know that the Rangers have a Braden Schneider. And, you know, we also have a Lundqvist. And, and, and you know, one of them has to go. Out of all three. Who are you throwing out first? I think I think we're gonna get this one pretty quickly. But who who are you throwing out? Um, I'm not gonna say Brandon Schneider is a stud or anything because and everyone's like, oh, he scored a goal and he's solidifying the third pair. He's fixing the third pair. He is. It's only been a few games though. You can't evaluate a player based on a couple of games. Uh, Nils Lundqvist did a fine job, but the problem is he's been playing with Nemeth. I don't think it's fair to evaluate Nils Lundqvist. I think he was doing fine, but I don't think it's fair to evaluate him when he's been playing with Nemeth or Hayek. It's it's not it's not it, it's not a Fair evaluation. It's not an accurate one. I, I think with Nils going down, I think he's putting up the points right now. Honestly, if it's, I, it's, I'm going to sound hypocritical right now, but I, I, but I'll explain why I'm saying this. I would pick Nils Lundqvist if it's not a rental, if it's a person who you believe is going to be resi- resigned. Well, I think anybody who we, who are going to trade for, who the Rangers are going to trade for, is going to be someone that is not a small player. Because I, I, I have mentioned this to establish Stephen. I've mentioned this on our uh, Twitter spaces after games that this team is not one piece of way. And in order for this team, in order to rebuild, you don't want to just bring in a bunch of pieces that are rentals. Well, well let me stop you right there. Good. If I tell you here's hurdle and um, here's hurdle and another solid player to play along Schneider, you're going to tell me they're not a contender or you're going to tell me, no, I'll tell you they're a contender, but that is more of a win now situation because I don't. So think... they they are they 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 are in a piece away. They're two pieces away. Right. That's no, no. I'm saying they're more than a piece away. That's my point. They're right, more but than that a second piece, piece isn't that big. It's that main piece exactly. of the top six forward. Exactly. And if you want, for example, if you're trying to fill in these lines with more positive players and trying to get rid of some of these so-called cancerous players um, to your team, it's not one piece away. And the fact that they have found um, Schneider and such players does help. But on the other hand, that means that, that means that there is no reason why that this season you should go ahead and take all these rookies and try to trade them away just because they. Well, but if, if, again, if I told you, if you, if I give you Herdo and another player lined along Schneider, do you believe that they can win the Stanley cup this year? No. How far do you think they get? I think, I think they get, I think with a if they play really really well, I, second round. Like no, like when I'm saying hurdle, I'm not telling you to take off any of the people from the roster right now. I'm telling. You I think with the way our five rounds. look, if if he comes, I can't tell you that our five on five gets solved. One two three. I think I with hurdle think, it does. 
I think, no, no, no. I think if Hurdle comes, I think our, our five on five will find itself better. I think they will become better. I just feel like if Hurdle comes, we still have not solved that defense. That defense is easier to solve than a stud problem. If you solve your 5v5, that third line, and what are you doing? That's your worst problem. Third third and fourth line. So, who's your third and fourth? I'm sorry, third pairing, third pairing. So, you're talking about offense? Yes. Then, who's your third and fourth lines? What are we doing when those lines are on? So, honestly, I'd have it where maybe Strom or Hurdle or one is center, one is winger with Panarin. I'd have Kako with Spanish and Kreider for now. Um, and then what the third line is, um, I mean, same as it always is, the, the depth has not been that terrible. It's just with COVID it's been like, kind of like with Goudreau out and then what third line is Lafreniere, um, Hedl and Goudreau. I, I, that's an okay line. And then with the bottom one is Hunt, Baron. I mean, they're not going to have Baron in there, but that's a story for another time. Rooney and what, like someone else. That's not so terrible. I mean, th- this team can, I think, could do some serious damage with a guy like her. It's, it's though, I, I don't know. There have been rumors saying that they have started kicking the tires on him, but I, I don't know. I, I really don't well, know. Let me, what let the... me, well, let me lay this out to you. The Rangers have become a little more of a physical team. And that is because, really, because you've had, you've gotten, you know, when you came into the season, you came, you brought in more physical players. For years, we've been saying, where's the physicality? They've got out here. It's not only the every- physical players, it's because of those physical players, those non physical players will start being physical because Correct. they could have their Correct. head uh, a little higher up because they're like, hey, exactly. that guy has to worry about Reeves. That guy has to worry about Reeves if he hits me. So I'm going to start hitting him too. Lafreniere, all these players are getting a little more feisty, which is great to see. Uh, now, dirty plays, obviously, which so far have not been done. Uh, thank God, you know, well, you want to keep that out of the game. Right. But this team is really shaping up. Now, obviously, which we just said that JT Miller doesn't make sense, even if he's on the ice, perfect fit. The off-ice is so bad, it just throws a wrench in the whole locker room. It's not worth it. A guy like Hurdle, who's, I mean, there has been, hasn't been any known thing, has been that off the uh, – off. I mean, listen, if he was in the same locker room as Evander Kane, he's, I think he's doing I fine. Watch him, I watch him with the team, you know. In he's general. so good. He's so good. But you know what? I'll tell you something. You know, he's good with his team and he's been on the Sharks for how long? How's he been? How long he's been with the Sharks? For? I think like seven, eight years. Seven years. So not to let's be devil's advocate for a second. I mean, coming to a Rangers team where he's not like the star he doesn't have a team where you have, you know, he's in a team that already has sort of their playing way. No, but I'm, I'm going to flip that on you because he's also coming to a contending team, which gives him more motivation and no, gets motivation away from that. Motivation will be there. Either way, I don't think Hurdle's a guy I'm worried about motivation. I think this guy has all the motivation in the I world. I think there are some teams that have a problem with switching teams, especially goalies. I mean, look at Bobrovsky, how long it took right. for him. Yeah. But I think there are certain players, you just see their characteristics. Uh, there are certain players that take a little bit to adjust to the new situation, and there are some that don't. I believe Hurdle would be a player that doesn't need to adjust. I believe he'd come in hot. I'm not discussing the adjusting of just the motivation. Even if he doesn't, they could afford a few losses. I mean, what's your projected line with him? Panarin's abandoned and him? There is, that's the thing. There are so many that you can do. That's why. Like, I, I, I had come up with saying, okay, you have Panarin, Hurdle, and Strom. One is center, one is wing, because Hurdle could also play wing. If you want to well, put Hurdle on the center. Strom has done well with Panarin. So then put, put Hurdle on the wing. So you put Hurdle on that wing, and then your second line is Zibanejad, 
uh, I, I don't know. You put Hedl on that line. I don't know. He's, he'll you put Kreider, Zabanejad, and Kako. And then you put on your third line Lafreniere, um, Lafreniere, Hedl, and Goudreau. Lafreniere, Hedl, and Goudreau. Or maybe put Goudreau, or maybe put Goudreau in the middle because Hedl's starting right. to heat it up on the wing. Maybe you put Goudreau in the middle. That's the smarter thing. I think Goudreau's much better on faceoffs anyway. So yeah, Lafreniere, Goudreau, and Hedl. Which is, hey, in the playoffs, that's a pretty solid line. You have a former first overall pick, a guy who has the reputation in Tampa to be on the third line and help them win. And then you got a guy in Hedl who's a nice, speedy player who's been heating up on the wing. That sounds like a solid third line for the playoffs. It, sounds, it does sound good. I, I do agree with Obviously, that. Obviously, I'm, I'm kind of overhyping it more than it is. But because, like, I'm just making it sound like half – like you could say, oh, Lafreniere, who's not been playing the greatest. Goudreau, you know, he's not left of his contract, even though he hasn't. And then Hedl, who's, you know, still trying to find his way. You could say it in that perspective, too. But there's still the point stands that it's a pretty solid line to have. Obviously, everything could be thrown out the window. It could fall apart. But the point is going into it, I would, I would be very positive about having a third line. Well, do you think, do you think, do you think that they're going to ask for a so-called Eichel-like trade for Hurdle? Um, they, um... My guess, if it's not a signing trade, I don't think it'll ever be a signing trade. I think Hurdle will go to I free wish. agency. I actually wish it would. Oh, be. I wish too. That drive up the price. I wouldn't care. I'd still take him with open arms. But I, I think Hurdle's just going to break the bank in the offseason. But honestly, it would probably take a first, a blue chip prospect. I don't mean a blue chip prospect. Sorry. Blue chip are kind of like a franchise type player. I'm, I'm talking like a guy like Lundqvist, Schneider, like one of those two, a young, ready NHL player, and then maybe a late round pick. So my mock trade would probably be along the lines of a first um, Nils Lundqvist. I mean, I, I'm very skeptical to, to give a guy up like that quality for a rental. But the reason why I'm okay with doing it is because we already have a log jam at the right hand, uh, right wing. And listen, if you're, first of all, if you're going to get hurdle, right. That means you you think you could have a chance at the Stanley Cup. You don't trade your assets like that if you don't believe you could win a Stanley Cup. I'm not saying it's a, a 100% a failure, but you don't never make a trade with those type of prospects if you don't believe that you have a chance at the Stanley Cup because he's, he's a pure rental. Right. He's no, a pure but I rental. Really think, I would really love to speak to someone that is really much more involved with the Sharks because I think Brett Burns is getting old. I watch him on the ice. He's still a beast, but he's getting old. I think they're going to need help at the defensive spot. So someone like Lundqvist could really fill a spot right. like that. Um, and then, and then a first rounder. Maybe, maybe you and know, I, maybe, maybe it would be Hedl on the way back. Maybe it would be Hedl. And I don't feel no offense to Hedl. Right. Uh, like I know Hedl, we just made the mock lines with Hurdle back, but instead of Hedl, put Gochi there, put someone else there, put Baron there, and then Baron. Baron's a discussion. Or maybe how? Or maybe how? I think there were rumors of what's it called. Lectinen, Lectinen, on Montreal. Oh yeah, yeah, Lectinen, yeah. I think there yeah, have been yeah, rumors did, on. Lectinen I didn't see that. I didn't know if that was. I didn't know that was real. That that seemed like it was something. It makes sense. So what? what you get a guy like Lectinen for like what? Like a, a Robertson of the like. It's weirdest thing. Like Nick, uh, not Nick Robinson. I forget his first name. But Robertson, he's in Hartford, a defensive prospect. You understand if he was on any other team, he'd be their top defensive prospect. And on ours, he's, let's say, one, two, third or fourth. You know how crazy that he's fourth? You know how insane that is? Wow. That's I mean, crazy. I, I actually am looking at a team like the Canadians and saying to myself, who on that team could I rip them off for? Like, listen, if you're going to tell me 
Hurdle, uh, Hurdle would take a first Robertson instead of Lundqvist, Hedl, and a late-round pick. I would do it, but Lundqvist, I'd be kind of hesitant. You would have to sit down and think, okay, are we a cup contender? If the answer is no with Hurdle, then you don't do that trade. You don't trade your prospects for that. If Hurdle is long-term, you, you throw Nils Lundqvist in there. Uh, but I, you got it. You would then have to think, like, you know, where we are. But with Robertson, I think we could afford that. The, uh-huh. It depends. It, it really depends on a lot of things, a lot of variables. Um, I don't. I don't think. I think people in the beginning of the season thought Hurdle would, would resign, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like he's going straight to free agency, breaking the bank. Question is where he's going to go. I, I don't know. I, I I said in the beginning of the season maybe you could do seven point seven point five for seven years, but the Rangers' the problem is they have no cap space at the end after this year. Well, well, I'll Zero. tell you something. I think the although they have right, you just mentioned the cap space. They don't have any because Fox extension kicks in next year. I don't know if that's going to be a problem because at this point we do have players we would love to get rid of. Right, I mean, think about it. It's probably a rental every single year for the next three years. You can't yeah. get that unless you get a guy like Tofoli or something like that. Where right, better, I was just thinking Tofoli. That's crazy. Right, I'm unless you get a guy with a, a very cheap contract. It's always going to be a rental every single year, just because of the cap. You have well, it's only a rental year. because I think you could get him for the way. I think you could get him for decent for decent money, like not. I mean, listen the... with with Jeff Gordon, Drury, maybe they could deal something out. Defoe would take a bit, but it might be worth it. But the th- the thing I mean, is, the, that the you, Canadians are desperate, of course. But I'm saying they're not. Gonna, Jeff Gordon's smarter than that. But the, as smart as he is, we've seen the Canadians make dumb moves. Right, but it's but that was because of Mark Bergevin was there. Now there's Jeff Gordon. <laughs> But what's well, it called, see. though? You have Kako's bridge deal. So what? That'll be 2.5 or something like that. Sammy Blair will probably take a similar deal because, you know, he's been out. Uh, you have Adam Fox's extension kicking in. I might be missing something. I probably am, but it's not that major. Gauthier extension. Like all these besides the Adam Fox extension, Kako's 2.5. If you could get rid of that Nemeth contract, get maybe a cheaper, cheaper backup goalie instead of Georgiev, and then get Hedl off the books, you could have then maybe a bit more cap space, but it's not going to be a lot. It, it's not. Well, I, I was shocked to see how you, little cap space we had. I thought we had a little more than that. Well, we well, really you, don't. You, you're forgetting my Georgiev. I said Georgiev, no? I don't think. Did you say Georgiev? I don't remember. I, I said, you know, though, like if we could get rid of Georgiev and get a cheaper goalie. I, listen, Georgiev has been picking it up as of late, but I'm just skeptical. He's done it before and then fallen off a cliff. Georgiev is not me. Well, I, he's fallen off a cliff when he hasn't started. Well, he's he's made to be a starter, start, not a starting goalie, but he's made to be a 1B. And I mean, he's, start- he's a guy who starts, let's say, if you have a, in a week three games, he's starting at least two of three. Whatever, yeah, the, whatever it is, the point is, is he has to play consistently. And the Rangers goalie, they need a guy that could come in cold and still play, you know, really good. Georgiev is not like that. That's nothing on Georgiev. There are plenty of amazing goalies out there that have to play consistently in order to be good. There are some goalies that are actually, as crazy as it sounds, are better when they have more shots against than 18. Like it's the, if there's a goalie, goalies sometimes thrive on 35 shots more than 18, because the more it is, the more confident they gain, the more, you know, like whatever it is that as crazy as it sounds, it happens. Don't you play goalie in your league? I play goalie and it happens to be the more shots I face. It sometimes is better than the regular. Now, obviously I'm not an NHL goalie. I'm not the greatest goalie of all time. I'm like, no, but I'm a any, any hockey NHL goalie. Hockey, any but hockey I'm saying league. the mentality of a goalie is, is that, it, sometimes it actually 35 shots. Sometimes you let you let less on 35 than 18. Why is that? Because sometimes you don't consistently get shots. 
you get a little not rusty because obviously it's just a few minutes, but you get a little thrown off your game. You get a little cooled off and yeah, no, that, that's basically it. It sounds a little crazy, but it's true with Georgiev. Maybe if you could get rid of him and, you know, get a, get a guy for a million bucks, I, that's not crazy to keep Georgiev. And if he's playing like this, even inconsistently, I'm fine. Cause 2.5 million is not crazy uh, expensive. If you could get a guy rid of guy like Nemeth, right, but that's two point five like million more that you could offer up to Phil, to Foley or something. True, but I I just don't know of any goalies out there that are, that would be as good as him. Uh, just keep Kincaid. I, I don't know. I I know I said Kincaid's the answer. I don't know. It just the Arizona game has a bad taste. I didn't say the I answer. Either. I didn't say the answer. Right. I think it's worth the try. Jesterkin right. is the starter. He has shown us that he is the starter, but he's also Unless... injury prone. So you need a goalie that could pick it up when he's injured. Right, but you know what? When he's in goal, we know what he can do. When he's not in goal, I think that the Rangers' scoring is decent enough to really keep someone in the game. They need someone to, as I call it, the fifth starter. In, you know, well, I mean, baseball. if Shesterkin's out, let's say for the playoffs, we're screwed. We're getting swept in four games. Nah, maybe done. Nah, I don't know. I, I don't, unless Georgiev like, shows up like crazy. I don't even see that. I, I just think they're screwed just because Shesterkin. I mean, wait, look at the last game. Shesterkin plays out of his mind. It's insane. Well, it happens to be the Florida Philadelphia game wasn't his best game, and that just shows you how good he is. San Jose, he was a monster. Well, that so, was just a bad team, right? There was listen the Provar the the Cam York goal, which was I don't know if you were on that space with Step Boy Steven. Basically, I was on a, a Twitter space with Step Boy Steven right before the game prior, and we literally said Cam York is a lock to score just because he's never scored a, uh, his first NHL goal, and as we all know, before the game or after. This was before the game. And wow. unfortunately, I, I, first of all, legal sports betting oh. is killing me because I'm going bankrupt. But what? Cam York. That's why, that's why I don't bet. Right. I mean, yeah. No, I, I bet last week. Oh, my gosh. Cam York I was a lock. Like, they didn't have like, him as an option. I didn't even have an option to score a goal, which stung, stinks because that could have been a solid amount of money. But, I mean, what do you bet? No, I, I don't bet a crazy amount. I just do a little bit. No, I don't mean the money. What, what was the bet? What was the? The bet is, is like. Who it will he score in this game? Oh, and you went not. No, so they they, they have an option on DraftKings or uh, what's it called that I don't know actually we're allowed to say the name, so I have to make sure if I have to cut that out. But the point was is that every single player has like odds on how much like if they'll score, and if you say they will score, and they do, then you get a lot of money. Uh, this whole little thing. But anyways, we're getting sidetracked here, and we're we're actually. All of a sudden, I actually have to go soon. But the regarding the last couple of games, games, so we'll go into that. I think we kind of. Uh, I think I think you have goal. to start off the, these past couple of games with quickly. I don't know about throwing the Golden Knights game out in the garbage because that was their first West Coast game in a long time. Um, but that Ducks game, I mean, let's talk about that third period. That was the most boring game I've ever watched in my life. That third period, you were just ex- you're just like looking for the Rangers to get that. Uh... I'm not just talking. I'm talking over all the game. That was the oh, most yeah. boring game I've ever watched. <laughs> that that was really. I mean, hold on. Where's? I mean, I mean, the most boring game to watch really was the Canadians Coyotes game from last night. But yeah, right. Yeah, no. Listen, there's gonna be those, but. Yeah, the Anaheim Rangers won the first two periods. It was so boring. San Jose was a fun game. LA, I mean, we looked like a minor league hockey team versus them. You and know then, what I noticed? I think the Rangers just, I think LA just has the New York number. Huh? LA just has New York's number. 
I'm not going into that, man. We're not, we're not, we're not going to that. Oh, no, like no, PTSD, do not, do you know, oh, my gosh, don't open the box. Me. Yeah. Don't open that box. But the most impressive thing I thought was very important. And I don't know. I don't know if you noticed that sharks are a good team. They're, they're, they are a, a good team. We're not discussing how good, but they are a good team. And they're they borderline are- playoffs. Not barely, not barely. It's just the only reason why is they have hurdle and Carlson having some reemergence. And, and yeah, of course, Meyer with five Come goals. On, you last can't forget night. a Holy guy cow. who scores five goals in a game. Yeah, I know. That's kind of ridiculous. But I, I don't know. It's just while they're getting better against the contending teams, it's just it's still not enough. You look at Vegas. They got destroyed. But obviously versus Tampa, Edmonton and, you know, Tampa again from a couple of weeks ago, they were winning versus contending teams. I just don't think it's enough. I, I think they need an addition as top six. And that's it. So anyways, let's go back. Uh, sorry. Let's go back to the last few games. L.A., they got destroyed. I don't even want to go into the one. It was just because. When you have Nemeth and Tornetti, I don't know if it was Nemeth or Tornetti and Tornetti, or I think it was that pairing and the bottom pairing. Uh-huh. It was, why are you doing putting the two slowest defensemen on the ice versus one of the fastest teams in the league? I, that's, that's just, that's asking to be, Made no you sense. know, wreck that game. Right. With the San Jose game, obviously with Schneider's debut, when he scored that nice goal. I mean, I, I think they played well, no? I, I actually, I did not think they played that great. Um, the three goals they had was a shorthand goal, one right after. A I, was, I, I, I meant like the third period. It's like I didn't catch the whole game. That's why I'm. Yeah, I'm so just... I saw mo- I saw most of that game. They played the most important part of that game that I thought was very important was they helped out Shesterkin. They were blocking shots. They were in the way. They they made the game. I mean, they did have 37 harder. shots. It's not great. Well, I'm not discussing that amount of shots. That's I mean really that not they, great, actually. Right, no, no. Underrated no. though, they're getting better at faceoffs. They they Actually, were it was it was basically 50-50 in the San Jose game. The LA game was uh, the 25th in the league in faceoffs. They LA they higher. were beating them in faceoffs. They have been getting better at faceoffs. Well, I actually think they faceoffs were 50-50 no, versus Philly, yeah. I think as good as they are in faceoffs. As um, be also it helps that Morgan Barron came up here cuz Morgan Barron has been their best Oh forward face yeah. off man and it's honestly it's mind-boggling you know why it, they're uh... it doesn't help if you win face-offs if every single time you can't get it over the line right but that's a separate issue because like it's two separate like well i guess it's not a separate issue but like the point is that they have a good team and just go on likes to dump and chase i think they should have more of a bit of a transition and regarding the face-offs it's getting better morgan baron's obviously a bottom six guy so it's not even though he's doing amazing on face it's not going to affect it totally I don't know Hurdle's face-off percentage, but I, I'd like to think I could it's better right than Strom and Zibanejad. They're not the greatest face-off players. And I'm just, I'm just well, trying to see. think. Hurdle, that- Hurdle won 53% of his face-offs uh, in that game. I mean, listen, I, I honestly, there's not... Oh, there's a lot of centers that are better than Strom and Zibanejad on face-offs. They're not the greatest on face-offs, although they have been getting better at it. But Barron has been great. I think he's a nice, top, uh, nice bottom six guy. It's kind of a war crime that they, he was the extra skater today. I, I don't know why guys like Greg McCaig are even here anymore. The only reason why he, he, he should be uh, like they signed him is probably because of his name. I mean, Greg right. McCaig. That's it. Oh my that's God. basically the only cool thing about him. That's it. Yeah. He's terrible on the ice and he doesn't have anything to show in the locker room because I, 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 don't, I don't know why he's even here. Just, just wave him. That's it. Goodbye. The, well, the, that's, I think they have a bunch of names like that. Well, we have Kapokako, but the point is that Greg McKay just doesn't belong here. He's a slow, terrible player. We had a few AHL players play in the San Jose game. He was the worst out of all of them. 
Wow. Brodzinski was better than him. Greco had an amazing game. Greco's I mean, fantastic. he was the worst one. What is he doing here? I don't even know what he's doing in Hartford. That's how bad he is. Well, I also feel like this is why that when you have guys like Nemeth Hayek and now McKegg, and I'm not going to say Rooney's bad. Well, Tenorti also. Well, Tenorti no, Rooney, as I'm well. Fine. Rooney I'm fine with on the for, for fourth line. No, he's I'm solid penalty with, killer. He's solid, but I'm not going to say he's like, he's like in the range of people that really we have to upgrade that spot. Eh, really on the fourth line is as long as he's not a negative, Rooney? that's the positive. You think he's on a championship team? I On a fourth line, I've seen worse. Oh, yeah. That, no. I, I've seen worse fourth lines. Your fourth line doesn't win. The third line has been more important in the past decade than it used to be. Rangers kind of done that in the Pittsburgh with Nick Benino, Washington with Lars Eller, Tampa with Boudreaux Coleman and Yanni Gord. The third line has served a bigger role than it has a couple of decades ago. But the fourth line, as long as it's not a negative, that's the positive. And hey, if they're drawing penalties and once in a while they get an assist or something, it, that's fine. I don't care. As long as it's not a negative. Right. With, with Barron, though, that the matter of fact that you have a face-off guy, that, that's good on the fourth line. I mean, or even on the third line, if Hedl gets traded, just replace Hedl with Barron. I, I don't think Hedl's... I don't like, think that's you know, such a weak. Uh, uh, I don't think that's such like that doesn't create such a weak spot. No, I think that's right. A, exactly, it's not a weak spot, and you give Baron an opportunity to grow. It's just right. there, there's such a logjam. You know, you're worried that these players' developments get hurt because it's not. I, I, that's when I was worried about Zach Jones. I was worried that you know, I, I saw a preseason. I think he was the best defenseman. Maybe Nils Lundqvist. I don't know, but I felt like he definitely deserved a spot. Guys like these journeymen, these Tenorities, these McKegs. I'm not going to call Nemeth a journeyman because he is signed, you know, for three years, but he, he kind of fits that role that like these players are destroying our team because the team is tricked into that. They believe that they're actually good players. While like, hello, we're not living in the era anymore, era anymore that as long as you're physical, you're good. This is a fast paced sport now. And, and there's, and it's a lot of change it's faster and it's not going to slow down. Right. And the only reason why they're on, listen, like if this was the last previous um, GM, Jeff Gordon, I understand why Hayek would still be here because, you know, it does affect his reputation because if you drop him, that's basically saying that besides Nils Lundqvist, that McDonough deal was a t- absolute disaster, which everyone knows was an absolute disas- disaster. Right. But I, I, I'm saying I don't think I feel as, <clears throat> as bad. Right. No, but the point is Jeff Gordon wouldn't send him down because that just shows, oh, OK, like, you know, uh, you know, that would show I failed. But with Chris Drury, it doesn't make any sense. He's not the one that made the trade. So it's kind of mind-boggling. They evaluate the players. Like, the the fact of the matter is that they thought to replace Lundqvist with Schneider before replacing Nemeth, I, it's crazy. I know they invested so much into him. But at the point is, listen, it stinks. You signed him for $2.5 million. It sucks. But you got to deal with it. You got to upgrade that position. And you'll deal with Nemeth later. Or you, you figure out a thing, maybe throw a second to Arizona to take him. I don't know if they would do that. But why not try Maybe they have, I, but the point is they haven't even attempted to do, I think they did one game with Jones and Lundqvist. Honestly, man, I, that's fine. I don't care if they're two rookies as long as they're playing good. I know Jones got smoked by, I don't, I think it was point or Sorelli. I think it was point that first time. Fine. That's rookie mistakes. But the reason why it's better when Jones makes the mistakes and Nemeth is because with Nemeth, the point of him being here is that he's supposed to be good. Now Jones, he's supposed to be good now. And if he makes mistakes, you're like, okay, fine. Those are growing pains. But Nemeth has no excuse. He's an older player. Now, if you want to say, but we have a, we want to win a Stanley Cup or we want to contend, that's why you can't have Jones here. Fine. That's fair. But don't give me Nemeth because Nemeth is not the answer. All right. I think we're going to actually end it off there. 
uh, Shroggy. Uh, I think that was good. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.